<laughs> okay. Now we're ready. Okay. All right. <laughs> Welcome to Inside with Outsiders. I'm Jeremy Gary, and today we have Clarice Lamb, pastry chef and TV personality. Right? That's right. Okay, make sure I got that That's right. Exactly I didn't want to mess right. that up. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Um, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I was excited to get you on here because I don't know a lot about you at all. Mm -hmm. I know you partake in the Outsiders events. Your boyfriend is a close friend of mine, yeah. Troy, and um, and I'm hoping to be able to get to know you here. Awesome. So I want to know, we'll start off with a question we asked everybody to start off with is, where are you from? I'm from Los Angeles, California. Born and raised? Born, actually born in Toronto, Canada. Okay. And then I moved to L.A. when I was five, um, went to high school in L.A., and then after that, I I lived all over the place, so. <laughs> well, we're going to get into yeah. all of that stuff. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, we're done, guys. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, uh, what brought your parents, where, where, where are your parents from originally? My parents are originally from Hong Kong, or my dad's okay. from, my dad's from China, and then my mom is from Hong Kong. And they both met in Canada, actually. So they went, my mom um, moved to Canada for high school. Then she continued on uni university in, in Canada. And then that's where she met my dad in math class. And he used to do her homework. Really? Yeah. Wait, wait, how did she end up going to Canada from Hong Kong in high school? Well, she had, um, so my grandmother's flat had some missionaries that were living downstairs, Canadian missionaries. And they loved my mom. So they w actually wanted to adopt her and like steal her. But my grandparents were like, no, you can't, you can't have her. Okay. But they were like, okay, well, can we bring her to Canada for high school? And they were like, okay, fine, whatever. Wow. That's <laughs> that easy. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess that was it. <laughs> so how did she, uh, have you ever asked her about her experience in Canada? Like what was that, was that like going from Hong Kong? Well, obviously Hong Kong. I'm assuming she probably spoke English already. Mm. At that time, Hong Kong was still like a British colony. Yeah. Um, so she was I, actually, I believe that she had two choices. Um, my grandparents said that she could either go to Canada or she could go to London. And my mom chose Canada. OK, well, yeah. thankfully she did. She made your dad. Yeah. <laughs> so they met in, in, in high school or university? University. What was your dad doing there? Uh, my dad just worked his way up. My dad wanted a better life for himself. And um, so he came from a very small village in, in China, like dirt roads, lived in a shack kind of kind of village, you know. Um, his, his dad, my grandfather, uh, left and moved back to the Philippines and then just kind of stayed there. So then my grandmother was a single mother raising my father. So back to the Philippines, was he Filipino? Yeah. He's he's Chinese Filipino. Okay, understood. So he, um, so my grandmother raised my dad and his brother, my uncle, on her own, and they escaped. Actually, wanted to escape communist China by going to Hong Kong. So even though he's from mainland China, he he ended up growing up in Hong Kong okay. before he he went to Canada. So they they did the whole you know, like walk through 5,000 miles of sleet and snow over the mountains and then managed to escape China uh, by going onto like a wooden raft and then floating to Hong Kong. Wow, that's quite the story. 
Yep. So then my dad was like, okay, education is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wanted to get himself and, and his, you know, mom and everybody out of that situation. So he studied and worked really hard and then made it somehow made his way to Canada. I think at that time they were at that time, actually, I believe that there was the like uh, the no Chinese people allowed in America law. Do you Oof. remember that? And uh, like I, w- I wasn't around, but well, I mean, I've heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but at that time, there was like no Chinese people allowed. But so Canada was like, oh, no, we welcome Chinese people. Right. So it was much easier for for my dad to move over there. So right. that's that's what happened. He applied to college or university and then that's where he went. And you were and you were born there. Do you remember your time there? I mean, you were. You moved to LA when you were five, so I don't expect you to. But Very vaguely. Yeah. Like I remember, I had a boyfriend named George, and he taught me to you? eat meat. I was five or four or okay. five. <laughs> That's Troy, what my Troy. mom said. My Better mom said. Go, go check this guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my mom said I didn't like. I only wanted to eat like vegetables, and I wouldn't eat meat until George introduced me to like a hamburger or something, and then and then I started I started eating meat. Okay. <laughs> I remember the snow kind of like vaguely, you yeah. know, like I remember wearing like a snowsuit and having like not having to to go places on like certain days because yeah. it was snowing. Yeah. Um, but that's about it. Do you have siblings? I have one sister and she's in Los Angeles. Older or younger? Younger. Younger. So what was you growing up? What was it like growing up in L.A. for you? Uh, it was hard. It was really hard. I, I didn't. Um, we. We grew up in a primarily white neighborhood, very like wealthy white area, and I was maybe one of five to ten people of color in my high school. Mm. So it was it, for me, it was very difficult. I got bullied a lot. Um, I had, uh, you know, like a whole like identity crisis situation yeah. that most like Asian American, especially first generation Asian Americans have. Um, we were kind of like my because being that both of my parents were from, you know, Asia. And they were, you know, their culture is so different there. And they come over here and then they're like, well, this is how we're going to raise you. But then Americans are like, ah! and then it's like, no, but these these guys are like, ah! <laughs> and, and my parents are like, no, but you're not going to be like that. And I'm like, but why not? Like, you know, so it's like right. sort of like like a clash of like cultures. Like I kind of was, you know, I was I didn't get I didn't get to have a lot of friends. I didn't like go out to play. Right. Yeah. yeah. I honestly I never learned to ride a bike until until Troy taught me. Really? Yeah. And you rode the Rockaway ride with us too. That's yeah. 22 miles and people, that's not an easy, easy ride. Yeah. I didn't learn to ride a bike till what, like four years ago, maybe four really? years ago. I'm impressed yeah. that you rode with us. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I had the kind of childhood where it was like, you know, and I know my parents were doing what they felt like was, you know, would be the best thing for me, but yeah. it was like, Oh, like you get to stay at home and do extra credit after school. Right. No, <laughs> I thing. hear you. I understand. <laughs> uh, I mean, that obviously that makes it tough, right? Yeah. Did you have any resentment towards your culture because of that? And oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I don't know if it was like my. I didn't parents, have resentment. I, guess, yeah. to, I had resentment towards my parents for that. I, for a while, I was like not very proud of my culture because, um, just because I get. I got picked on a lot for yeah. my culture. So it was like, oh, like when people are like, you're like this and all Chinese people do this and you're like, you know, the dirty Chinese person is like, you don't want to like admit that like you are, right? Like, right. Or not, I'm not dirty, but like, no, like no, you don't want to admit that say, yeah. like, you know, like. So what would you tell people when, when you didn't want to admit that you were Chinese? What would you say? Well, I, I mean, I would, obviously I would say I'm Chinese, but like, 
I didn't like to like now it's like now is a completely different story. I'm like all about like, you know, educating people on Chinese food well, and Asian course, cultures and all this other stuff. But back then I was much more like timid about it. I yeah. would just like not. Well, let me you know, I wouldn't advertise, you know, right. I wouldn't be like the most Asian person on earth right. because it was like nobody like I would just get picked on more. What would you get for lunch in school? Like you brought lunch from home. What was that experience like if you're bringing? Oh, well, that's a funny story in itself because I used to only eat pizza rolls. So that's really? what I brought to school. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a lot of like immigrant friends that would, br or, or like friends whose parents are immigrants that would bring their ethnic food home uh, to, to lunch. And, uh, and it was way better food compared to like these lunchable things. Well, but that's why though, is because I would get made fun of for eating ethnic food. Right. Right. And it was like anything that I did that like had any sort of correlation to being Asian, like I would just get picked on. So pizza rolls was your answer. So <laughs> I don't know if that was like I don't think that was like a conscious decision. Right. I was like, you know, my mom and my parents didn't only make like Chinese food like they, you know, they always they were always very well traveled. So we always had like a pantry full of like a million different kinds of food from like all over right. the place, you yeah. know? And it was like the thing that I honestly was drawn to the most, like at that age was like chef Boyardee and like, I mean, and like pizza rolls, yeah. you know? And, and what age is this by the way? I uh, like middle school, okay. <laughs> like I mean, a middle school, middle school through school high school. The worst food. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did like some good food as well, but yeah. like I wanted what marketing told me I wanted. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like yeah, Lunchable. Yeah. I didn't like Lunchables, even though marketing, I had thought those were terrible. Pizza rolls, yeah. pizza bagels, all that stuff. Yeah. That I was all about that. Um, hold on, we got a knock on the door. Hello? Yeah, let's see who the guest is. <laughs> um, so did, did this uh, resentment towards, not resentment, I guess, but like this anger towards your, your culture and so on, um, Obviously, that continued through high school, or did you kind of like feel more comfortable in your skin? Um, when, when, when did that transition from like kind of being a little embarrassed about being different to accepting it and then uh, being proud of it happen? Uh, uh, probably like not even until like the last like a decade, honestly. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I was always like, I was always like secretly, like secretly proud of like my culture and like, you know, my heritage yeah. and stuff. I just wouldn't. You know, I knew that I knew that there were certain things that I could like avoid, like I could avoid certain like altercations or I could avoid being bullied if I didn't talk about it. Right. You know, and so like and and then, you know, I, like I know we're going to get to this, but like I've lived like all over the world mm -hmm. and every literally everywhere I went, it was like my whole entire identity, like was defined by me being Asian and that really kind of like, American oh, when you travel well, no, but abroad. Nobody sees me as American. Really? Like, oh. is it like I lived all over Europe? I lived. And then when you go to Asia and then it's like, Oh, I go to Hong Kong and they don't even see me as being Cantonese either. Right. Because they're like, no, you're like mixed or you're American. Right. Oh, well, exactly. And, and, and there's, there's a great term. I don't mean to cut you off, yeah, but yeah. there's a third culture kid, right? You're but, a third culture kid. Yeah. So basically you're here, you're Chinese, mm -hmm. but you go back to China and you're American. So yeah. where do you fit in? Well, that's exactly my yeah. point. So it's like there was always this sort of like conflict, right? Because it's like, oh, I go back to like the homeland of Hong Kong, yeah. right? And they're like, no, you're not. Yeah. You're not like Chinese at all. Like, and they wouldn't even believe my parent, like my mom, because that, you know, they're like, oh, well, your dad's like white, right? And I'm like, no, like he's, he's Chinese too. And there's like, so it's like over there, I didn't fit in. And then yeah. in America, like, it's like, like everybody's like mind is blown that like, you know, no, you're not American. It's like, 
you're no you're Chinese and it's yeah. like no but I'm American and then or you go to Europe and like their mind is blown it's like they only think that Asians exist in in Asia and they yeah. and China specifically yeah and China you could be or, Japanese or Japanese, Japanese like Japanese, it's but whatever but, then, it's but you're Chinese it's yeah. whatever they decide that day exactly you know? and it was and, it, and it's tough because kids can be cruel as hell yeah so it was like always this kind of like battle within myself to sort of because I never really felt accepted mm -hmm. in no matter where I went. So it was always like an internal battle of like figuring out like what my own like personal, I you know, yeah. identity was. Um, and I feel like I didn't, I don't know if I really figured that out until like, I don't know if I felt, you know, so at peace with like who I am until probably the last well, To be honest with you, I think people, despite, take the uh, race, ethnicity yeah. factor out, people have a hard time figuring out who they are in general, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So the fact that you've kind of felt yeah. more comfortable in your skin uh, with that on top yeah, yeah. is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, so... Uh, this so what so did you grow up did you do high school in LA how I long did, were you in LA I did, I did high school in LA yeah so um I did grade school in LA and then there was two years between 10 and 12 that we actually moved to Hong Kong because my dad's job moved him moved us back there wow. so we lived in Hong Kong from 10 to 12 when I was 10 to 12 yeah. years old and then at that at that point my parents didn't even, they didn't enroll me in a Chinese school. They didn't put me in an American school. They decided to put me in a French school. So. Do you speak French? Yes, I do. Fluently? Ah! Uh, Can I speak to you in French right now on. on ah, uh, bien sûr. Oh, bien tu parles très si. bien. Oui. Je savais pas. Oh, oui. Tu parles français? Oui, je parle français. C'est ma première langue. Ma, ma mère est française. Ah bon? Oui, je suis né à Paris. Oh my God, yeah. I didn't know Look that. Look at that, see, I wanted to learn more about it. Je savais pas. <laughs> I'm going to have to have you do the uh, subtitles, buddy. <laughs> oh, c'est très cool. <laughs> c'est très cool. C'est quoi ça, French school? Was it, is it français? Uh, no, it's a... Uh, uh, Alliance, no. Fr no, Alliance Française, no. It was a, a Français International. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But that must have been hard because you, did you ever take French before that? No. No, I didn't. So, but I was like half my classes were in English. Yeah. And then, but it was also difficult because it was British English because it was in Hong Kong. So it's not American English. Right. So they would make fun of me for over there too for like how I spelled everything. You just, <laughs> like, a break. I just can't get a break. You know? Yeah. Color <laughs> so, with no U. Yeah. They're right? like, there's a U in this <laughs> word. And I'm like, oh, sorry. So it was, um, yeah, it was half my classes were in English and the other half was in French. And then I, at the same time, I was like learning Cantonese because, you know, my grandparents yeah. were there. But what's amazing is that French class, I'm sure, helped you tremendously when you went to uh, chef school. Yes. School. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it did. It did help me So you must have been like, oh, I hate my parents for that, but now okay, I'm kind of thankful. I don't think I, I really hate, I just thought, I think maybe it was like an afterthought. Like when I got much older, I was like, oh, that was weird that my parents did yeah. that. But like, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't mind and it. this is at 10 years old? 10 years old. It's funny because I went to United Nations school in, in Manhattan and went in the French government. My mom found a way, she was a single mom with twins. Yeah. Uh, found a way to get the French government to pay for it. But then they stopped paying for it when I was 10. They gave us a choice of either no more French government support yeah. or go to the Lycée Francais. And we'd never been to French school. Yeah. So my mom gave us a choice of going to like a private school in Jersey. Yeah. Not too far from where we grew up or this French school. And we'd yeah. never gone to French school. They're like, no, I'm not going to French school. Yeah. Part of me wishes that I did. But my friends who went there, like, be happy you didn't go. It yeah. Was yeah. Super strict. Yeah. yeah. And like full of snobby kids. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of snobby yeah. kids in that school. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so wait. Wow. So you did two years in a French school in, in, in uh, Hong, Hong Kong. Kong. Yeah. 
Then did, you ever, did you ever find a time to feel like you planted your roots and have like, do you have like childhood friends that you've had for years? No, I don't have any childhood friends. That's funny. I don't have too many either. I mean, I have like, <laughs> I can't even say Bam is a childhood friend, although yeah. we knew each other. We weren't necessarily friends. Matter of fact, I didn't really like him when I was a kid. <laughs> I didn't like him. Uh, I, I also didn't know, and obviously there's reasons why we connect now and why we connected back then is yeah. because home wasn't that great, and I'm pretty yeah. sure he might have been acting out just the way I was acting yeah, out yeah. because home wasn't great. But, um, but yeah, I don't like there's fr- people that I know have friends from like elementary school and high school, like they've been friends forever. Yeah, I don't have that. I, no, I don't have that either. I yeah. don't know a single person from high yeah. school or before. Yeah, so I think it's it's interesting because like some people's <laughs> best friends are friends they've had since they were like five. Yeah. And I'm like, how? Like, yeah, how do you exactly. not grow apart? Like, how do you still yeah. have the same interests? Yeah, you got problems. <laughs> yeah, especially like when you move around a lot, you know. Well, that's like, what I was gonna yeah, say because yeah. you move so much. Yeah. Uh, where did you feel like home? Where, where do you feel like is home? What's home for you? Your hometown, I like maybe. I, I don't. Home is where the heart is. <laughs> I mean, True. but like for me, it really is. Though I've lived in like so many different places. So it's like after even. So let's list them. So you went to you went to Hong Kong. I went to Hong Kong from ten to twelve. Yeah. Then we went back to L.A. Yeah. Um, I graduated high school when I was sixteen. Oh wow. That's when I got, um, I got my first modeling contract to go to San Francisco. So okay. then, right after high school, I moved to San Francisco. And then I how do your parents feel about that? It's not a traditional. Oh, hell no. They hated it. Right. They were like, what? but I was like, this is your fault. You're the one that did this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. so like, well, they had they had put me in an etiquette school when I was 15 years old. French school etiquette school while wow, they're grooming you to be like yeah they were like wanting me to be like the perfect child right so yeah. they were like you need to Oof, learn manners and all this kind yeah. of stuff so they put me in this etiquette school where it's like you know you learn how to introduce people you learn which fork is what you learn how to like walk with perfect posture and all that like whatever like ridiculous right. shit right and uh they didn't know that at the end of this course they chose one person that they felt like had model quality and they gave them like a full scholarship to like a modeling school, which is what's a modeling school. I know it's not, <laughs> you know, it's like whatever. Like we all, you know, modeling school is, is stupid. It's stupid. Okay, like, but it's like, it's like you, it's a it's a school where you go and you learn how to like take pictures. You go and you learn how to run away. Walk. It's like supposed to help your kind of like confidence. You know, like understood. Okay. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. So, so I got the scholarship and I go home and I'm like, hey mom they gave me this thing yeah i don't even like and it's like i was very sheltered you know you were how old by then 15 okay it was very sheltered you know that uh, you know when i was with my parents and stuff like i really had no idea what anything was like i didn't know what a model was i didn't like i didn't know anything about anything yeah so they were like well is it free and i'm like yeah it's like a scholarship and they're like okay go do it so that was my kind of like intro right to like modeling and then i ended up getting getting actually like discovered and then getting offered a a modeling contract in san francisco so then from then um and in between all these places i kind of would go back to la but i've also you know i've also lived i've also lived in mexico i lived in florence italy paris and that's your, all your homeland modeling yeah one, london, one of my homelands yeah uh london ibiza uh cape town south africa i mean we and this is, said Hong Kong this is all for modeling. And how long was this career? Uh, how long did this go? Uh, I would say 10 years full time. And when uh, did you enjoy it? I did and I didn't. 
Mm -hmm. I feel like I, I, ha I would like work, I would work and then I would kind of like take, you know, like six months break or whatever, like in between, cause it's like, yeah. and then I would start working again and then I would take another break. Um, it was very fun for me to be able to like see the world. And I like, don't, I don't really, I don't regret anything, you know, that I, that I did or any right. kind of move that I made, like that honestly shaped who I was, you know? And, um, but you know, it is, it is a hard industry cause you're just, you're getting judged all the time and for stupid things and you're getting harassed all the time. And yeah. like, so, you know, there's, there's two sides. <coughs> of course. And when, did, how did the, uh, be becoming a chef take place? Well, so I, I, and am I missing any steps between the modeling career and the change to becoming a chef? Did you have any no. in between things? No. Okay. So, well, because I moved around so much, I and I didn't know anyone or even the language when I first, you know, moved to those places. Um, I kind of just kind of I took it upon my own to study the food because I've always loved food. My parents always brought home snacks from like other countries for, from their travels. They always like introduced me to so many different kinds of cultures. Um, so when I lived in all these places, I was like, well, I don't know anybody. I don't have any friends. I don't know how to speak the language, but what I do know is food. So, yeah. you know, I just kind of made it a point to kind of try everything. And, and it really piqued my interest in, in becoming a chef. And then I thought I wanted to become a savory chef. Then I, I like, I worked the line, you know, in London for like a day. And I was like, I hate you all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to become a pain. And then I was like in Paris and I was like, oh, wow, this is like. What do they think about this model wanting to be in the in, in the in the kitchen? Like oh, I mean, initially they you thought went for one day. I was I was there for like one day, just just like they welcomed me into the kitchen so I could see what it was like. And right. it was horrible. Yeah, it's like the savory line is completely different than the pastry kitchen is usually like off in the corner. It's yeah. usually air conditioned and everyone minds their own business and they're quiet. But the savory kitchen is a whole other story. Yeah. It's like a nightmare. Right. Yeah. For me personally. Um, I mean, I've only seen I actually no, I did. I worked in it. I worked as a dishwasher and a busboy in high school. <laughs> There's one boss at the restaurant. I just old, always get pissed off and curse and break stuff. Well, yeah, exactly. I, I, why would I want to continue working here? Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not. That's not for me. <coughs> and then, right. you know, yeah. I, I kind of decided when I lived in Paris, too, that it was like, oh, the pastries are so beautiful. And, yeah. and there's and so delicious. much technique involved. And it's like half science and half art, yeah. which I think, you know, is is what my brain likes. So... That I just I decided to go get into pastry. That's that's how that happened. Okay, so uh, w tell us how because now you're like this world famous TV personality pastry chef. What was the process to getting there? Like, were you? Um, uh, I got really lucky. <laughs> <laughs> no, I disagree. Maybe there's a little luck here and there, but you you must have earned it, of course. Um, so what what was your rise in the ranks? Well, I went I went to culinary school um, in here i actually moved to new york city to go to culinary school at that time it was called the french culinary institute which is no longer here um that was a really famous place wasn't it yeah, yeah. it turned into the in institute icc something i don't know it turned to icc then it kind of merged with ice the institute of culinary education mm -hmm. so there's no more uh fci but I, I went to the French Culinary Institute. I got my, my Grand de Diplôme mm -hmm. in pastry arts. <laughs> I like how you say that. Yeah. I actually don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. That was a really bad one. It was terrible. 
that was <laughs> terrible. But um, and then I just started working in different places. Um, and I I kind of like I shot up the ranks really fast because I worked really hard. Um, and I knew that. And were you working at pastry shops or restaurants? I I start off in like restaurants. Then I I moved to I think my first. Um, my first opportunity was I, I, I took a job, an extra job as, um, like a pastry assistant or whatever in this place called the chocolate room in Brooklyn. And they, their head chef left. And so they offered me the position of head chef. And, and then I like became the executive chef, like within like six months. And I ran like two shops. Mm. Um, so that was like my first, you know, rise from just cook to, to actual chef. And then right. from then on, I just, you know, I, I did a whole bunch of other things and then I started my own business and then I ran that for like called the baking bean. And was that a, a pastry shop? It was, yeah, it was sort of like an online you know, kitchen to door bakery. Um, I did pop-ups with, I used to be at Smorgasburg. Yeah. I did like the holiday markets, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then the pandemic hit and, and I stopped doing that. But did you, but when did you make your first t TV appearance? Oh God. I like the, like straight out of literally straight out of uh, culinary school. I really? They, they find you somehow they find you. So it was like, what was your first TV appearance? A uh, sweet genius. Uh, it was on the Food Network. And what did you do? I was a contestant. Okay. And I totally lost. Like that was like gone the first round. But I was so green, you know. Yeah. I mean, I also saw you on Beat Bobby Flay. I was on Beat Bobby Flay twi twice. Twice. And I was rooting for you. And oh, I, well, yeah, but because it's it's his show. It's Beat <coughs> yeah, Bobby it's, Flay. It's rigged. <laughs> it's in my opinion, it's rigged. <laughs> Bobby Flay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so there's that. And I think the media kind of, they really enjoyed the whole story that like, you know, model turned chef that brought, that brought me a lot of press. And then when I opened my own business, it kind of, you know, helped to mm -hmm. helped my, help my business a lot. Well, what were the, when you were still modeling, what were the, uh, campaigns that really were notable that put you out there and got you fame, I guess? I wasn't famous at all. I just had a really long long mediocre run as as a as a model you right. know what i mean i made it last for a very very long time but i was never like a top i was never a top model so. but i did do a prada sportswear campaign i mean i've walked a lot of runways i did la fashion week london fashion week um i i did a lot of stuff for fashion tv oh i no. lived in the philippines as well um and you know i did a lot of music videos and you know things like that yeah but but your future and what you've excelled at is pastry chef. Uh, do you do you own uh, do you own your own bake sh baking shop? Uh, pastry shop. I don't know how to describe that. Bakery. Bakery. <laughs> yes, bakery. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, not anymore. So I I had at when the pandemic hit in in 2020, I had um, kind of temporarily put the baking being on hold because nobody knew what was happening. Um, but then at the same time, I got asked to open a restaurant called uh, Kimika in, in Nolita with a friend of mine. And uh, we did that together. And we, you know, we got a lot of um, accolades from that. Like we were, you know, Best New Restaurant uh, nominated James Beard Award. 
um, oh, wow. we were like top, according to like Condé Nast uh, travel, like top 21 restaurants in the world. So we we did You're a like downplaying this like stuff. we got like <laughs> we got a lot of this like, is like huge achievements that people like <laughs> dream about having for for the restaurants and you're like yeah hey, we got we did, this we yeah got that. we were we were we did a really good job with that restaurant let's yeah I say. say so you won some nice awards yeah we did so yeah. we um or we were semi finalists though for the James Beard so we didn't like win but we were a semi oh losers terrible total losers <laughs> it's still right? so, it's still impressive. like. <laughs> I'm super impressed by all oh, those accolades. Yeah. Oh, thanks. So, um, yeah, so then, but then this year um, in May, my friend, the executive chef, she, you know, she left the restaurant and so did I. So I was like, well, you know, it was, it was a team effort. We called it the Clam and Clow Show because mm -hmm. my name is Clarice Lamb. So it's like C Clam, yeah. dot Lamb. And she's Christine Lau. So C dot Lau. So it was the Clam and Clow Show. And that's like what we called our sort of like the chef duo, savory and sweet chef yeah. duo, you know? Um, so I stopped doing that in May and then of this year, 2022. And then actually, Oddly enough, immediately after I got cast to be the judge on the Dr. Seuss Baking Challenge. Nice. Um, and when when is that? Uh, actually, we might post this after it airs. Okay. <laughs> but when does it air anyway? Uh, December thirteenth. Okay. Um, of twenty twenty two. It's nice. on Amazon or Prime Video and Amazon Freebie. And is this the first time that you're not a contestant, but you're actually yes, a judge? It is. It is. Yes, it so is. You've like yes, established the next level now. That's because uh, this is this is I, I have a piece of advice for everybody: stand your ground, right? Yeah. Like, I like they, you know. So whoever asked me again to be another contestant, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I never win, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm clearly a horrible contestant. <laughs> Like you're, I'm only on there for my like sparkling personality, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm seriously like the worst contestant ever. So, so I was like, I'm not going to be a contestant anymore. I never win. I don't want to do this. It's too stressful. It's yeah. giving me anxiety and PTSD all at the same time. It's like, I don't want to do this. Call me when you want to hire me as a judge. And like, that was it. And then it was like two weeks later. Hey, do you want nice. to you know, be a judge? And I'm like, what? <laughs> now, now what you need to do is have your own show and have Bobby Flay try to beat you. And <laughs> you can make, make a grilled cheese. He's going to make this amazing meal. I'm like, I win. It's my show. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the best grilled cheese. He beats your steak. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, how does it feel to have like this? I mean, you obviously stood your ground. Are you excited about your show? Are you nervous? Like, this is a big step. It's a huge step. And I'm honestly, I'm, I'm super grateful for like, yeah. I, I'm, I can't, I'm like beyond grateful for, you know, Amazon and, and Prime Video for even giving me this opportunity. I mean, we've, the host of the show is Tamara Maori. I don't know if you remember Sister Sister. Yeah. Oh, uh, Tia Tamara. Tamara. Tamara? Yeah, wow. it's Tia okay. Tamara, Tamara. And so we've got, and you know, my, my co-judge is Joshua John Russell, who, who is an amazing cake artist. And I'm sort of like the lesser known out of, out of the three of us. And so I'm just like super grateful for this opportunity, you yeah. know? Um, I love it. I had a blast filming it. I mean, I, I hope I get to do like more things like this, but yeah, I love it. Now, looking back as a child, would you ever imagine you'd be doing this? And what did you want to do when you were a kid? Well, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an artist. Well, you are an artist now. 
Yes, yes, but I wanted to be like a painter artist. Do you paint and draw? I I did for, yeah, a while, for a really long time, like as just a hobby, though, like never, you know, anything professional. But um, that's what I really wanted to be. And then my dad crushed my dreams and told me that I'm not allowed to be an artist because I won't make any money until I die. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not true now. (laughs) Exactly. But... He does have a bit of and a I point. I was like, I don't want to die. <laughs> that was your reaction? Yeah, that was my reaction because um, I'm like a child. And, you know, and that, that forever like scarred me. I was like, okay, no artist, cross. But do you, do you feel like you're doing what you are meant to do? Like, have you found your, like, for me, I'm like, well, Outsider is in this, you know, even Outsider is now doing these podcasts. I feel yeah. like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, do you feel like you're doing that with being a judge, uh, being a pastry chef and all? A hundred percent. Like this is, it's, it's my passion, you know, yeah. like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel like work. It's not, I actually love, I love baking. I love cooking. Um, I'll do it regardless, you know, if, yeah. if I become famous or if I get paid a million dollars. Troy's a lucky man. Like this is like, <laughs> this is just like man. what I do, yeah. you know, and it's what makes me happy. And it's, for me, it's very like meditative. Yeah. And um, I think I'm like fairly good at it. So like I, you know, I, I, I do think that this is like what what I was you know meant meant to do. Nice. This or at least for me, this is the path that I've chosen and I'm very happy with. I just started doing more cooking during the pandemic, uh, and uh, I like trying to make Persian food. My yeah. dad is from Iran. I recently made uh, turmeric chicken. Yeah, it's really good, really easy to make. I feel proud of myself, but I've never tried baking. I haven't tried baking yet. I feel like that's a different animal. It It is, but it also isn't. It's like if you can follow directions and you have patience, then you'll be good at it. Well, my thing <laughs> is when people say like, when people say I can't cook, I'm like, what do you mean? You can't read? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah exactly. You know, <laughs> exactly. You, you can't cook. You follow instructions. It's not like yeah. all of a sudden you're supposed to know all these recipes, you know, off the top of your head. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I get frustrated with that response. Yeah, yeah. I love Persian rice. It's which, like one of my ones? favorite things. The ones? one with the like yogurty, crusty bottom, the saffrony one. The, well, they're they're all they all have. I think if I'm not mistaken, they all have saffron a bit on top. They always have it's basmati rice. Yeah, yeah. And I cheat because I have a Persian rice maker. Oh. So it makes the crispy rice automatically. Yeah. And sometimes I just put enough just to have it was t- tadig. Yeah. Just enough to have that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's no yogurt in that. Uh, but there is the yogurty one is uh, uh, tachin, which is like yeah that. Yeah, that's like a brick of like crispy yes, rice yes, and then like barberries want. with chicken inside. Yep. Oh, that's one of my favorite dishes. Yep. yep. Um, making me hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So let's get into some more uh, some more in-depth questions for you. Um, oh, what do you do for fun? In-depth question. What do you do for fun? <laughs> eat the same thing that I do for a living. Yeah. <laughs> Just I eat. Um, I like exercising. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I like love it. I don't know if I love the process of working out, but it makes me feel good. So therefore I love it. Endorphins post uh, runner's highs. Yeah. Yeah. So like I love, I mean, lately, like, you know, I've been doing boxing and I really love boxing. I also really love yoga. I love riding a bike now that I know how. I'm glad. (laughs) Thank you, Troy, for teaching (laughs) how to ride a bike. Matter of fact, you guys spend your summers in New York, right? 
or well, back and forth. Yeah, well, you gotta come on, on some of our bike yeah. rides this year. I also only have a single speed though, so that's that's very difficult for me to keep up with you guys. <laughs> yeah, I think you're doing a great job. If I remember correctly, I don't remember you like. I mean, I almost got hit by a car like 50 times, but th- yeah, I kept up. <laughs> I mean, not my fault. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, that's a good balance though, right? Being active and being able to eat all you want. Well, uh, I have, it's like, I have to do the working out in order to eat all of the things that I want to eat. I agree. Well, yeah. for me, uh, working out one, I, and I do end up liking it. Before yeah. I play basketball too. That's my workout. But also if I don't like my stress levels are a lot higher. My anxiety oh, levels yeah, are higher. Sure. So kind of the same reason yeah. why you work out other than the endorphins. Yeah. Well, I guess it's a product of the endorphins lowering your stress levels. Yeah. And, and honestly, if I don't work out, my body hurts more. It's weird. No, but yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Uh, I guess it happens when uh, you're no longer a spring chicken. Yeah, exactly. Like some, like, well, no one here is spring chicken, so we're good. Yeah, I think we're all old, uh, old yeah, fogies. Old right? folks. Um, what are your goals and dreams beyond? Like, I, I kind of asked you, like, where do you see this going? But what was your ideal? Uh, would it be continue on the TV personality realm, or would it be opening another bakery or, or having a um, I mean I, f- I feel like my goal in life right at this exact moment is to be able to retire <laughs> but soon or like in general like in general yeah. <laughs> so financial security so, yeah financial security but you know at the same time it's like I think with my career wise I would love to um, continue the kind of like media route it's very difficult um on on me and my body to be working in a kitchen all the time yeah so i'd like to not have to do that well unless you're the executive chef no even if i'm the executive chef i I just can't do i can't i can't pull those kinds of hours anymore i can't handle that kind of stress anymore it's like 14 hours a day on your feet and like just extreme levels of stress like the one of my one of my dreams though is to actually open a cute little like brunch kind of brunchy like bakery restaurant shack is like rolling like, in his grave right now <laughs> like on the uh, like on a beach somewhere you okay. know yeah yeah like and just be like a super chill like surfer chick hippie girl with mm-hmm. like it's like a simple life with right? like yeah like with like a dope like restaurant with like high quality like food you know there's so many islands that need like nice yeah. good quality food and yeah. which you don't get uh yeah not always obviously but yeah yeah but what what is like your dream uh, so you're going to the media route your dream yeah. j- gig in the media realm i think like having either like yeah i'm very happy doing judging i would like to have my own sort of like travel food show if possible yeah um I haven't you know, seen any travel food shows that specify specifically in sweets. There's not. There's not. Because the sweets area is whole is totally underrated for a lot of people don't care about sweets for some reason, which I'm like, what's wrong with you? But I don't know. Well, you can do food and like the focus will be on sweets, yeah. but you can kinda do all of that. Yeah. That and uh and if you oh. need a, if you need a sidekick, let me know. Okay. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> what were we about to say? Um I forgot to mention that I'm I'm writing my first cookbook. So oh. that's another thing that, you know, being sort of like a media, you know, maybe a chef personality, having my own, you know, kind of, you know, show and just like being a cookbook author. And Yeah. What's your cookbook going to be about? Um, it'll be out in uh, a long time. 2024, okay. September of 2024. It'll be out on Chronicle Books. And I don't know if I'm allowed to like say the name or whatever, but it's it's about baking and it's about 
um, Asian Asian baking techniques combined with like American and European and sort of like worldwide influences mm -hmm. and you know obviously heavily Asian Asian yeah. flavored uh, influence but the 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 way that foods uh, from different cultures kind of like bridge together and, and make sense. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite uh, I don't know if considered a vegetable but I love is a Japanese purple sweet potato. Yeah. Oh, yep. When I went to Okinawa, I had a uh, I mean, they make everything out of that stuff. The ice yeah. cream out of it. It was so yeah. good. I actually just got some at home. And yeah. I think, uh, so Okinawa is a uh, blue zone. Yeah. So it means like people live to like 100 years old, healthy. And, yeah. and I feel like maybe the purple sweet potato has something to do with that. Yeah, so probably. It's and my, uh, all the food. fish. Yeah, <laughs> all the fish, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. What advice would you give high school you? Looking back at like struggles you had culturally, both with your parents being super strict and being so sheltered yeah and yeah what would you would you tell yourself um i wish that i had come out of my shell a lot sooner than i did i was so so shy and sheltered and like scared mm -hmm. like scared of a judgment and scared to disappoint like not i mean scared to disappoint my parents scared of judgment from my parents and also scared of judgment from from my peers like i wish back then i like didn't give a fuck yeah, you yeah. know what i mean like i wish i just didn't care yeah. and i could just and i could have just like come out of my shell and been my own person and not really cared right. you know and that's i think that's a common uh common thing to feel among yeah. a lot of us because yeah. you put so much weight on other people's opinions when yeah. you're younger and when you finally get to the point where you don't care it's like wow i wish i would have felt this way earlier yeah. or not that you don't care but it's less uh impactful for you yeah yeah i agree i mean i'm still like working on that myself yeah. <laughs> Um, what's your favorite part of Outsiders? Outsiders. Oh, gosh. I, I love, you know, one of the first things that I told uh, to Troy about when I, af when, after I met you for the first time, which I can't re remember exactly. It might have been at a club or something. Probably, yeah. But, and then the first time that I went to one of your events, what I noticed was um, you have a very diverse group of friends, which to me is like the most important one of the most important things because one of the things that I've, I learned from traveling all over and living all over the world is like like how how important it is to learn from other people and the more diverse your group is the more you can learn and then hopefully the more peace you'll have in your life and in your community and in, society, in your world yeah. and you know and so I I love being outside I love doing activities um I love your bike rides, okay. although I wish you would slow down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was literally like that last one that we rode to the Rockaways or whatever. I was like, oh, oh. it was also Don't like I was hot like, as hell that day. I was like sweating balls and I was like <laughs> laying like I like in the same like I just I showered at the beach with like all my clothes on. <laughs> And then I passed out in the sand. But what's great about it is you did it. I did it. And how long have you been riding? But how many rides have you done by then? And how many long oh rides? I'm not. That was the longest <laughs> ride. That and that's still, by the way, the longest ride I've ever done it was like 33 miles. Or it was something. not 33 miles. It wasn't 33 miles. It was 20, 22 miles. Every time I speak to it you, it's gonna be like an additional 10 miles. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> it was 84 miles. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, if, do you guys ride the bikes back? No, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, some people do. No. Oh, okay. No. Some people do, but no, we don't advise it. Uh, yeah. 
But yeah. yeah, that was that was probably still the longest ride I've had. But yeah, I love being outdoors. I love how you bring everybody together. I love the diversity. I love you actually know like separately like we have like mutual friends that I like didn't you know like that are in your group. So mm-hmm. I think that's cool because like you have people that are that come from like all different careers. You know, like obviously like mm-hmm. I would typically hang out with people within my own industry right right? like food people and now through him maybe some music people but um you know whereas the outsiders like everyone's got a different job and they you know everybody comes together and they everyone's super chill and fun and like you know there's the you know outdoor activities bring everybody together kind of thing i appreciate that it's funny because i it's part of our mission but it's not like we have to work towards that because that's what that's what i i've always kept around me and also because I don't feel like I fit in just necessarily one box. Yeah. I want to have everything. I want to. Yeah. I want to have people from all over the place. Because, yeah. like you said, it, each p- person has. You know, I said it earlier. The human stories are most interesting, yeah. right? And getting people from different places yeah. is getting different stories each mm-hmm. time. Different kinds of people. So not just places, races, ethnic, yeah. ethnicities, sexual orientation, yeah. socioeconomic status, all that. Yeah. All these things that we try to involve in outsiders as far as diversity goes yeah. is stuff that I just. I'm drawn to by nature for some yeah. reason. Uh, so yeah, it's I appreciate awesome. you. Appreciate that. No, of course, it's yeah. super awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. It, I'm glad you think it's super awesome. So do I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, 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 what is a dream you've yet to achieve? I really want to go to the Maldives. Ooh, aren't they like sinking? Are they? Oh well, then the right I better place? hurry. Better hurry up. <laughs> uh, that is a good place. That I yeah. mean, it looks beautiful from the photos. I also really want to go to the Great Barrier Reef before the coral, like all of the corals, really die. Would you go in the water there, like with all the great whites and all that stuff? Maybe. Uh, braver than I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is your most embarrassing moment? I feel like <laughs> I honestly feel like I don't have that many because it's like hard. You don't have a similar story to Troy. <laughs> No, I don't. But it's also like because I feel like if something embarrassing happens to me, like I don't get embarrassed because I think it's hilarious. You, Fair enough. You know what I mean? I think, okay, what, like a cringy, moments. maybe like a cringy moment. Yes, cringy is embarrassing. Okay. So I, th- and this is like, you know, work related too. So like I first, when I first got out of culinary school, and this is a, a thing that most people think that you, you think as soon as you get out of culinary school, you get to call yourself a chef, right? <laughs> You don't? No. Uh, I don't know. No. You have to like work yourself up in the ranks. You have to actually have managed and run a restaurant in order for you to be a chef. If you're not, if you haven't done that, then you're just a cook. Right. Right. But I was like, I went to culinary school. Like I know like everything kind of, you know, kind of like I'm a chef now, like whatever. So like I had an internship at, uh, at Locanda Verde. And at that time I had, like I broke my foot like 5,000 times. So I had like a, I had a broken foot or I had a previously broken foot and my foot was in a lot of pain and I couldn't, there were times where like I would just get up in the morning and I couldn't stand on it, Mm. you know? And so I had to call out like many times because um, of my foot issue. And then (laughs) I got fired (laughs) from my internship, which is like, who gets fired from like an in like you're not even paying me and like you fired me right so it was already like super cringy for me because i'm like oh my god i've never been fired in my life and then i I got fired from like a non-paying job and i was like being fired on your day off like uh yeah friday go ahead 
Um, no, so then I was like really upset that I got fired. So I like send her, I send the chef an email and I'm like, it wasn't mean or anything, but I was like, like I don't I you know basically like I don't understand like I don't understand like you guys should be able to do the work without me because I'm an intern like it should be yeah. like you guys should be able to like cover this on your own without me here like you know I, whatever like you want to fire me that's fine but like I hope I hope that you'll still let me use you as a as a reference you know that was like my email and I was like it's so stupid oh my god it was so crazy like now like 50 years later I'm like oh my god I was so dumb like I can't believe I did that <laughs> why would you want to use them as a reference yeah like why would that? I even want to do that but like why did I even say then? anything uh I mean this was like t like 12 years ago yeah 12 years ago but it was like now knowing how the industry is like that's like the most like the dumbest thing that i could have done that you is, know that is it's like it's really like cringy yeah. <laughs> and it embarrassing is. you know <laughs> i agree it's not as yeah. good as uh troy story no i don't no. i'm sorry I don't, <laughs> I don't have a hemorrhoid situation it's, uh, it's all so. good well, I, thankfully you don't appreciate you sharing that <laughs> Uh, is there anything I haven't asked you that uh, you feel like is worthy of sharing that you want or you w that you want to share? No. No. I covered all bases. Yeah. Everything about you. you I mean, I don't know. I would would be here for like fifty years. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Then in that case, we're gonna start our, our five rapid fire questions. Oh okay. Boy. All right. Uh, you know how that works. Are you ready? Yeah. Favorite city other than New York City? Uh, your birthplace, Paris. Paris, really? Tell me why. I, I have really good memories from there. Mm -hmm. I was I was young, you know. I had a great time. Uh, which, uh, I guess you were there while you were modeling. You mm -hmm. weren't there for any pastry stuff. No, then. not yet, at least. No, would yeah, I was you? there. Would I? Yeah. Oh, I would love to. Yeah. yeah, I would love to. Obviously, I would love to learn from the masters. You know. Yeah. Uh, I thought the secret was just a lot of butter and sugar, right? That's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's <laughs> it. Just throw it in a bowl and call it a day. Exactly. Give me a spoon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> If you could do any other profession, what would you do? If I could do any other profession. I mean, I really wish that I was very good at either singing or dancing. You'd not be, you wouldn't be a painter? No, I wouldn't. You yeah. know what? That's that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, I know I wouldn't. Okay. I, I I don't know if like as a profession, but I really wish that I could sing or I mm -hmm. really wish I could dance. Yeah. I think singing would be cool. Yeah. I'd like that. Yeah. If I could be a singer. But you hear my voice? It's not happening. Yeah, no. My um, what's your vice? My vice? Oh, gosh. I have I have a lot of eating problems. Um, I I eat too much food. I don't know when to stop. So you and Troy are like... We're, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. It's, terrible. Gotta, it's really bad. <laughs> oh, my God. It's terrible. All right. Well, that's better than like drugs. So, yeah. good. Uh, what's your greatest fear? Greatest fear is... <sighs> Honestly, it's 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 working until like the day I die. So yeah, so retirement. Yeah, again. retirement. Okay. <laughs> retirement is your goal. Um, here's another question, and I'll I mean, it might be impossible for you to answer, but uh, what's your favorite restaurant, or yeah, what's your favorite restaurant you've ever been to in your life? Is there oh. one that stands out? In my life. Yeah. Most. Um. Yeah. You know, I, I I feel like the most memorable experience that I've had. Uh, okay, hold on a second. Um, okay, there's there's two, but I guess my first one is what actually. I don't even remember what it was called, but it was by uh, uh, Chef Masa, um, who 
also owns Masa here in, in uh, Columbus Circle. But he's a sushi chef, and he, um, he had a restaurant on Rodeo Drive, and it was an eight-seater restaurant. And it was like he flew his fish in from Japan 24 hours before your reservation. And the whole restaurant, there's no menu. Like, you order omakase. You just tell them your price point, how much you want to spend. You have to reserve your seat because there's literally only eight seats. You have to reserve it, like, 50 years in advance. And you tell them your price point, and he flies all this fish in, and then he makes you, like, an incredible meal. Like, Mm. I had, I was very fortunate that I, I, um, my aunt took me, my mom, and my sister to this restaurant when I was like in maybe 13, 14 years wow. old or something did you, in LA. Did you appreciate it then? I did because, and that's what kind of honestly was made me be like, oh my God, I want to be a chef. One of the things that, you know, led me in that direction because until that point, it was like, we were going to like, you know, sushi buffets, like, (laughs) cause it was like, Oh, great deal. You know? But I was like, then I ate that meal there and I was like, Holy shit. Yeah. I haven't been to too many super expensive, fancy. I mean, I've been to a decent fair share, but the one that stands out was the one, uh, it was basically the gifts my mom and I give each other for Christmas and birthdays is no longer like material goods. It's like, dining experience yeah she took me to this place uh on their upper east side i think a caviar place and uh caviar ruse no uh i can look up the name right now actually uh it was amazing like it was like this whole prefix like thing they do only on a certain night yeah. um and let me see if i can find this thing uh caviar. i was like michael's caviar or something i don't know what they had like a weird name for a fancy place oh yeah michael's like, caviar. yeah exactly <laughs> Um, I'm going to take a look one more time and see if I can find this thing. Uh, I can't find it. No. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, is this it? Huso? Maybe that's not it. H-U-S-O. H-U-S-O. I don't know that place. I think. Well, anyway, this place was amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a big fan of caviar, but like they made it in like every dish involved caviar, even the dessert. Nice. Uh, so it was, it was really good. Um, but that's interesting. I'm gl- I, I was going to ask you how you decided to become a chef, but that's like the first thing. Yeah, that, that was you. one of the. It was one of the, f- like, first times mm-hmm. that I realized how impactful food can be and how, f- how food is like really different, right? Like yeah. you could go to like a, a sushi buffet and like you go, oh, like this is like whatever. Like at at that age, you know, when I'm like 12 or 13, I'm like, this is great sushi. Right. You're yeah. like at a sushi buffet and you c- I can eat as much as I want. I what? mean, <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese pizza at that age is delicious. But yeah. It's terrible. And then I go to this other one where he's like got, he flies a f- fish in from, you know, Tokyo over or Japan, wherever, Okinawa, yeah. I don't know where, like overnight. And you're like, whoa, this yeah. is like, you can tell that like there's a difference in quality between this fish and this fish. Mm. And it, it just really piqued my interest. That's cool. Well, that leads to my next question. What's your favorite food? I have so many favorite foods. I know, foods. yeah. What did you bring? But then you can talk about what your favorite food is. Oh, okay. What did I bring? All right. Yeah. I have I, I have two two problems in life. <laughs> That's it? That's good. One of them is uh, chips. Let's see. What, is this, are these one of your favorite chips? Uh, lately, I've been really into the sweet onion flavored, but they have to be kettle chips. 
Okay. Okay. And then there are, you know, a, a few brands that I'm, I'm happy with. And then the other problem I have in life is um, jelly beans, but just the sour jelly belly jelly beans. Is but it only one flavor for the sour sour ones? No, it's like a few different flavors. Oh, but the, the sour, but all okay, sour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is this is one of them, and I have a, I have a a tip, a pro tip. Let's hear its pro tip. I I store my chips upside down, because then all of the flavor dust gets evenly dispersed. Because you know when you eat a bag of chips like right side up, like yeah. at the very bottom, there's all this wasted like yeah, but flavor I mean, dust. Once you open it, doesn't the flavor dust go back down? Well, you open it upside down, so then all the flavor dust hit gets to hit, like gets to hit this bottom. Doesn't gravity? All right. Well, I believe you. Because <laughs> before, all the flavor dust is at this bottom. Right. Then the top chips don't get any flavor dust. Oh, I see. So, so then you, you put it this way, then all the flavor dust goes back to the top. There's got to be a problem with the food if referring to flavor dust. So Listen, I know it's <laughs> disgusting, but I love flavor dust. But these are addictive. Like chips in general are a problem. Yeah, that's why I know. That's what yeah. I said. It's one yeah. of my major problems in life. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's try some of your, uh, I can oh, have that. Oh, you're going to have this? I can have that. Okay. Unless you want to save it for later. I want to try the, the flavor dust. Uh, Here, try the evenly dispersed flavor oh, dust. okay. Why, there's flavor dust in my hands all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. see? Those taste like, those taste like Funyuns. <laughs> Different texture, but... Much different texture. Yeah. It's like Funyuns. Mm -hmm. It's ma sweet Maui onion. Mm, these are, oh, See? They're yummy. Yeah. They're yummy. They're really, really annoying. Uh. <laughs> that was really good. All right. Any other foods that like, you really can't live without? Noodles. Yeah. What kind of noodles? What's the best? Any kind of noodles. Like ramen, ramen noodles, pho, like Vietnamese soup noodles, stir-fried noodles, crunchy noodles spaghetti pasta like italian noodles well, i can have pho where's the best pho spot in uh, um in new york oh gosh i don't know you know what that one's a little bit difficult i don't know if um i can tell you where the best banh mi spot is that's not noodles but i also do have a really i love banh mi's yeah and that's at banh mi ko ut okay which is on uh, elizabeth well if you could think of a good uh, uh spot. spot yeah not right now if you remember Hanoi House? Hanoi House. Hanoi House. Um, I like Pho Bang Bang. Uh, that's on like Mott or Mulberry or something like that. I gotta check some out. Right. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta eat. So <laughs> I wanna thank you for being on the, uh, on the, on the podcast, the show. Um, wish you tons of success on your upcoming show. Um, let them know where to catch it and, and, Tell them, tell the audience. Oh, right sorry. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Um, you can <laughs> check out my new show on Amazon Prime Video and Amazon Freebie starting December 13th. It's called the Dr. Seuss Baking Challenge. Amazing. Well, if you ever need uh, a sidekick on anything, I'm, I'm open to it. Uh, I guess I'm second in line to Troy. So. Yeah. You can be Let his sidekick. I'll be I'll, anytime. <laughs> I'll be I'll be anyone's sidekick. If I get some food, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on the show. Thank uh, you appreciate so much. You. Hopefully, you come out some more outsider stuff. Of course. And uh, hope to see you more more often. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in.